1: blessed, he broke, and he gave. It's interesting, the verb tenses on these. The blessed is a past tense. He he blessed it. The breaking of the bread, that was a one-time thing. He broke the bread. But the verb tense that is written here in the giving, it is in a tense where he gives, and gives, and gives, and gives, and gives. How is this happening? I mean, what, what would that have looked like? We don't know for sure, you know. Did he put it all in a bag and he just kept pulling it out of the bag?
0: In today's message from Luke, we will hear how Jesus miraculously and graciously fed a crowd of hungry, needy people with five loaves of bread and two fish. Pastor David unpacks these well-known verses so that we might learn what the Lord was trying to teach us through this true-to life lesson. When we bring what little we have in our hands and offer it freely to the Lord, He blesses it. After God blesses our humble offering, he is able to multiply our efforts and turn it into something of abundance for his kingdom work. Now here's Pastor David with part two of today's message entitled, A Lesson of Trust.
1: The multitudes flocked to it again, no longer deserted, now once again heavily populated as the multitudes came. Why? Because Jesus was there. They would come to hear. They wanted to hear the teachings of that rabbi from Nazareth. They wanted to be touched by the healings of that man from Galilee. They came. And the interesting thing about all that, the word says, and he received them. He received them and he spoke to them again. It's not like he said, hey, hey, guys, this is our day off. We're, we're taking a break here. We've we got to get a little rest. No, Jesus received them. He continued to minister to them. He continued to heal them. Word tells us over and over again how Jesus has this powerful compassion on people. Over and over again, no matter what the situation, Jesus' compassion would minister to them. Even the ones that were going to turn their backs on him later, he had compassion on them. He cared for them. He healed them, even though he knew that some of them would never heed the teachings that he gave to them. And yet he continued to pour his life into them. And that's the way he still works today. That love and compassion, that grace of the Savior that continues to reach out, reach out to, to touch lives and pour into lives, even lives that continue to reject him, continue to pull away from him, continue to disregard all of his teachings. The multitudes were there. Jesus continues. He's teaching them. He's healing them, those who had need of healing. And verse 12 tells us, And the day was wearing away. And the 12 disciples came to him and said, Lord, I just send these guys away now. Send, send send them away. They need to go someplace, find something to eat, they need to go someplace and find a place to sleep. There's this multitude around. Lord, this is truly a deserted place. There's there's there's, there's, there's no resources here. There's 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 no In-N-Out Burger, there's no Burger King, there's no pizza hut, there's no comfort inn, there's no cracker barrel. There, there there's nothing for these people here. Lord, you need to send them away. You need to remember the disciples were tired. They were probably worn out. They'd probably come to the end of their energy and also the end of their resources. It's time to send the people away. It's time to shut the ministry down for the evening. And you got to admit that the disciples actually, if you think about it, they, they were actually exhibiting concern and logical thinking. Of course, the argument might be made... Uh, was there concern for the people or for themselves, but uh, they're they, they, they they thinking through the process. They saw what was going on. It's kind of like when people come over to your house to visit, you know, and they're, they're visiting, and you're enjoying the time, and perhaps you've made two or three pots of coffee, and they're, they're still sitting there and enjoying, and you pulled out everything from the refrigerator that you have, and they're still there, and they're enjoying the visit, and you, the night goes on and on, and they're still there visiting, and they're enjoying the visit. And finally, you have to turn to your spouse and say, well, honey, why don't you and I go to bed so these people can leave? Uh, I'm sure the disciples kind of had that feeling, you know, we need to just stop. We need to stop. They're exhibiting this thoughtful practicality. We just don't have the resources to take care of this many people. Logic And practicality aren't bad things. You understand that. Logic and practicality are not bad things. But what Jesus was wanting is for them to demonstrate and exhibit faith. Faith beyond the practical, faith beyond the logical. Jesus turned to the, you gotta understand, you gotta see this whole picture. Lord, send these guys away. It's too late. And Jesus turns, says, will you give them something to eat? you give them something. Me give them something, to eat. Hey, if you're truly concerned about them, why don't you feed them? And again, you've got to understand, for these disciples, I'm sure that they looked at each other and were wondering what in the world Jesus was thinking. They, they said to him in verse 13, they said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we go out and buy food for all these people. For well, there were about 5,000 men. Now, 5,000, that's plenty enough, but Matthew tells us that it was 5,000 men, not including women and children. So very possibly the whole crowd could have been like 7,000, maybe 8,000 people that were there to, to feed and to care for, and they knew that they did not have the resources for that. Maybe they checked the money bag of Judas and said, how much you got in there, Judas? And because they came back and said, even if we had 200 denarii worth of food. Mark tells us that they, they, they kind of looked at the resources and they, they said even if we had 200 denarii worth of food here, that wouldn't even be enough to give just a little morsel to each one. Maybe that was the limit of their resources. Maybe that's all that they had. And they realized that all that they had would not be enough to take care of the situation that was before them. John, in his gospel record, He's the one that tells us where they got some of the supplies. John tells us that Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, had, had found a little boy, and the little boy had his little lunch with him, and his little lunch was like five barley loaves and two small fishes. And John actually says two small fishes. So, you know, It's not like he had a couple of big guys. No, he had a couple of small little ones like they catch over in the Sea of Galilee all the time. More than likely dried fish, uh, these, these bread cakes that were there, Again, not very much, pretty much just a day's meal for this young lad. And yet this young lad brought them to them in order that they might be able to to use them. So, again, the thing that we see, the thing that we've seen all through Luke, the thing that you've probably seen as you've read the Word of God yourself, is that little is much once it's placed in the Master's hands. When it's in my hands, man, it always remains little. But when I give it to the Lord... He can make much out of even that little bit. And so once again, we find here in this situation, Jesus is bringing chaos into order. From all the chaos that's surrounding, now Jesus is going to bring it all into order. He calls for the disciples to take control of the situation. He says, make them sit down in groups of 50. And so they did so, and they made them all sit down. And again, John's Gospel report tells us that there was much grass in that place. It was on a slope, a hilly slope, just there at the shores of Galilee. Just a beautiful opportunity to sit on the grassy hillside, to sit at the feet of Jesus, to enjoy the time together. All of that. Jesus was bringing calmness and order into the midst of all of this chaos. And once again, he's showing that he is in control of every situation of life. Even when we think that we are spinning out of control, gang, we need to stop and rest. I think a word for all of us here is that on a regular basis, we need to find that grassy place and sit at the master's feet and just rest and be nourished by him. Back in Luke, verse 16, he says, And then he, Jesus, he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed them, he broke them, and he gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. Then verse 17 says, So they all ate and were filled, and twelve baskets of leftover fragments were taken up by them. Jesus blessed, he broke, and he gave. It's interesting, the verb tenses on these. The blessed is it was a past tense. He, he blessed it. The breaking of the bread. That was a one-time thing. He broke the bread. But the verb tense that is written here in the giving, it is in a tense where he gives and gives and gives and gives and gives. How is this happening? I mean, what, what would that have looked like? We don't know for sure. You know, did he put it all in a bag and he just kept pulling it out of the bag? Or or how how did that happen? We don't know. But we do know that these disciples knew how much resources they had. And somehow as Jesus prayed, broke the bread, and he gave it out and 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 gave that's a whole lot of giving. Eight thousand people. Can you imagine the, the, the mindset of the disciples at this point in time? This has got to be blowing them totally away. They've got a basket, they're going out, and they're handing out, and they run out. So they go back to Jesus, he's got more. And he goes back and he gives to the next group. They run out, he, he's got more, and they, four, five, six, seven, eight thousand people? That's got to be blowing them totally away. Now, you need to also understand, is the multitude doesn't know what's there, The multitude figures, hey, he's he's got a, a store full over here. All they care about is, hey, I'm getting something to eat here. That's all the multitude probably really cared about. But for the disciples, something supernatural, something so beyond their comprehension was taking place at this point in time. Here we see that Jesus, he's not limited by the natural. He's not limited by any physical resources he's not limited by he's just not limited by anything there there is nothing that sets the limit for jesus for the work of god in our lives there are no limitations they all ate they were all filled 12 baskets left over the miracle work of jesus not only met the need but it was more than sufficient you got that More than sufficient. There were 12 baskets left over. And I'm not trying to 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 minimize anything, but there are some who say, in in trying to figure this out, to get around the supernatural work, they minimize this thing and says, well, what really happened here was this, this small boy in his selfless act, uh, he gave his lunch, and then others around him saw the selflessness of that little boy, and so they kind of gave their lunch, too, and then others, they kind of gave their lunch, too, and just kind of everybody joined in, and in essence, they had a big potluck dinner there because everybody brought in, but that's not what happened. That's not what happened at all. We understand and see that instead of this little potluck going on, no, this was a supernatural miracle of God. That suddenly he comes and just as Mark, Matthew, and Luke, all of them say they all ate and they were filled. Well, what about John? What does John say? I I love what John says about this. He says they ate as much as they wanted. As much as they wanted. Not some little potluck picnic. No, this is a full-blown buffet, okay? You can go in, you can get as much as you want. Hey, can we have some more of that there? The disciples coming and bringing more. Can we get some more bread over here? They're coming and bringing more. As much as they wanted. All that Jesus is doing. How foolish we sound when we try to limit God or take the supernatural and put it in our physical understandings. Our God is a supernatural god he works in supernatural ways he works in miraculous ways and as important as all of this is we see in the midst of this these leftovers and did you notice the leftovers there weren't 10 baskets left over there weren't 15 baskets left over there were 12 baskets left over the test of the morning how many disciples were there Twelve. Okay. Should have given you a hat. Okay. Twelve disciples, twelve baskets worth. I'm going to submit to you this morning that this miracle was not for the multitudes. It was for the disciples. It was for the disciples to once again drive into them the understanding that their God is more than able to supply all of their needs according to his riches in glory. He had shown them that in a, in a way when he sent them out and says, man, when you go out ministering here, as he said earlier in chapter 9, don't take anything with you. Those that you'll be ministering to, they'll take care of the needs. God works that way. And here again, the miracle is these men, these 12 men, knowing exactly what the resources were, knowing exactly what their limitations and their abilities were, God blows it completely out of the water. In the midst of all of this, Jesus provides for them in an unlimited way. As much as they wanted, they were all filled. Gang, we move from the limitations of man to the limitlessness of our God. We move from the full logic and reasoning of man To the supernatural, the abundant miracle of God. Again, our God. In just a little while, Jesus is going to leave these men. He's going to leave these men responsible for the spreading of his kingdom to the rest of the known world. He's going to leave these men as representatives of who God is, and he wants them to know for certain in their own personal lives the power and the authority of who God is, not just head knowledge, but an experiential reality. No, I have seen God. I have experienced God. Let me tell you about this God of God of the supernatural. Let me tell you about this miracle-working God. Why? Because I've seen it myself. I've, I've touched it with my own hands, knowing and understanding this. That again, they would fully, fully understand Jesus continues to teach them. A little bit later in Luke, he teaches them all about the fact of, hey, don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat or about your body, what you're going to put on. Life is more than food, and body is more than clothing. But consider the ravens, how they neither sow nor they reap, and they neither have storehouse nor barn. And yet God feeds them, and he says, how much more value are you than a bunch of birds? You see, Jesus, again, speaking to them, helping them understand their God is going to take care of them. And I believe, again, just as Jesus was showing the disciples that they could trust him in all things, God planned and purposed that all four of the gospel writers would include this miracle. Why? I believe for you and I. Every one of the Gospels have this. And I believe the very purpose is, is for you and I to know that our God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory. That I can look at situations with my life, with my, my full logic, my full understanding, and it can be so beyond me, and I cannot figure for the life of me how this thing is going to work out. And yet I come to the point where I say, God, you know. You know. You are more than able. I surrender my life to you. I I surrender my future to you. And I don't know about you this morning. Maybe maybe your life right now is overwhelming. Maybe you're faced in situations in your life that, man, you don't have the answers for. You've tried it with all of your logic. You've tried it with all of your understanding. But you cannot seem to muster up the fix for it. You cannot seem to change it. You can't alleviate the problem just by not thinking of it, closing your eyes, closing ears. No, the problem is still there, and you can't fix it. But let me tell you this morning, perhaps... Perhaps God wants to do a supernatural work in your life. Perhaps he wants to show himself strong on your behalf. Perhaps he's more than willing to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. I believe that Jesus desires to bring calmness and order into our chaos. I believe he's willing to show us again where and how He's in control of our lives, even when we think that our lives are spinning out of control. The lessons that the master teaches his students are all about trust, all about placing our lives totally and completely into his care. And maybe what he's wanting to do is simply wait for us to stop and rest in him, to find a grassy place in the midst of the chaos and sit, at the feet of Jesus. The Apostle Paul told the church in Philippi, in the book of Philippians, he says, I've learned to be content in whatever state I'm in. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. In light of what Paul says, and in light of what we know about Paul's life, in light of the the, the scripture passage that we've just read in Luke, and as well as Matthew, Mark, and John, you need to understand that there's going to become there are times in our lives that God's going to supply that need. He's going to take care of that need. There's going to be other times that He's going to strengthen you in the midst of the need. Okay, He's going to cover you and keep you. Give you peace, even in the midst of it. As the old saying goes, you know, sometimes he's with us through the storm. Sometimes he brings us around the storm. and Sometimes he completely removes the storm. We don't know which it is in any case. But we do know that he promises to be with us in every storm, in every situation of our lives. There was a merchant man years ago. He was a poor man. He worked all week with his hands, pulling together and putting together these little things that he would sell at market. And by the end of the week or every couple of weeks, because he was a poor man, he didn't have a cart or horse to carry his wares into town. So he would place them all within a bag and throw that bag over his shoulder, and he would walk on into town to be able to sell, sell these little trinkets, these little wares, just in order to make his life a little bit more bearable. One day he had gathered all of his wares into the bag and threw them over his shoulder and was walking into town over under the weight of these things. And along comes a man with a cart and a horse and the man driving the cart stopped and said, excuse me, sir, would you care to have a ride into town? So the merchant says, well, of course, thank you so very much. And so he got up on the cart and no longer did he have to walk into town. And they, they went on just a, a short way. And suddenly the, the man with the cart looked at the merchant and said, My brother, you're, you've still got that bag on your shoulder. Why don't you release your bag and set it in the cart so you can travel more comfortably? The merchant told the man with the cart, he says, Listen, you were so gracious to give me a ride on your cart. I couldn't imagine having you carry my burden also. You know what? There's a lot of Christians that are like that. We come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We know the greatness of His love, His compassion for us. We live our lives yet still carrying these burdens. The issues and the things of life that weigh us down, that frustrate us, that keep us from having the fullness of the liberty that our God promises us to have the completeness of the peace that he's promised that we could have in him. There might be some of you this morning, and you're still carrying the load around. I want you to know, that cart's big enough, okay? It's big enough to carry all of our load. He is more than able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we could ever think or imagine. Our God is able, and he knows the situations, he knows our lives. And he says, trust me, Trust me. Allow me to show you the greatness of who I really am. Open our
0: hearts.
1: Change us from within by the open word.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Open Word. David will continue teaching through the Gospel of Luke next time. Now we want to encourage you to become a Facebook friend with us. Log on to theopenword.com. You can also subscribe to The Open Word Podcast at TheOpenWord.com or search for The Open Word in the iTunes Store. If you're like most people, you probably use a smartphone. Once you subscribe to The Open Word Podcast, you'll always have solid Bible teaching available to you anywhere, anytime. So log on to TheOpenWord.com and subscribe to The Open Word Podcast. Again, to become our Facebook friend and to access the archive of messages, log on to TheOpenWord.com. Now here's Tracy with information about how you can help partner with us. We all know it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home, but it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that the open word is a missionary work? It is. We need your support as we share God's word over the airwaves. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting The Open Word. Go to theopenword.com and click on the support option in the main menu. We invite you to join us again for the next study as David shares insights with us from the Gospel of Luke. That's next time on The Open Word.